Welcome. It's Rough Out There, a podcast all about dogs, dog situations, dog owners, dog messes, and us. Wink, wink. My name's Kelly. My name is Kim. How you doing today, Kim? I'm doggone great, Kelly. How are you? Well, <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes here, Kim. I'm doing just fine. But I was just wondering, what's that rash on your face? Oh, gosh. I know. It... So it's poison ivy. Oh, no. And it's all my fault. Sometimes it's my dog's fault because they rub up against it and the oils from the poison ivy then can transfer from their fur to you. But this was just me being, you know, a hero and trying to pull it out in my yard to get it out. But yeah, this is what happened. I have it everywhere. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. (laughs) This is our first podcast, so please bear with us. How are you all out there? Well, hello, no one. But anyways, here we go. (laughs) So Kelly, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I work at a local parish and I am the director of communications. And I'm on some committees and I search for missing dogs with a great group out of uh, the North Shore called Missing Dogs Massachusetts. And I've been working with animals most of my life. How about you, Kim? Yeah, so um, hold on. Let me just put on my glasses so uh, I know what I'm doing here. (laughs) Um, So Kelly and I, just a little background, met each other when in 2013 when I got involved with something that Kelly was working on, uh, building a dog park in our town that we live in. And obviously some other amazing folks, um, I did it because I really love dogs and I felt that it was really important for owners and, you know, uh, myself to exercise dogs and socialize them. Um, and there we go. It, it worked out. But we also had another problem in town all about the poop. Oh, my gosh. For those first few years, wasn't that what everyone wanted to talk about? We even had T-shirts made, and yeah. people really wanted them. I sold one off the off of my back in line at Dunkin' Donuts one morning. Oh, my gosh. My cousin, who lives in a completely far-off town, saw my Poop Patrol shirt and was like, can I have one? <laughs> I'm like, sure. Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I knew that we had arrived when I went to the Italian club for pasta night, and I was sitting at my table enjoying my meal with some friends, and I looked up. And there was a guy standing in line with one of our Poop Patrol shirts. Oh, my gosh. And we did a lot of poop pickup. We did. We changed the culture of the town common, which was really kind of nice. I mean, when we started out, it was because we just wanted people to talk about building this dog park. We had no idea where it was going to go or how we were going to do this. But every time we brought up this conversation with people out walking their dogs, they'd say, oh, my gosh, the poop on the common is so bad. And by our appearance every Saturday morning with those dedicated volunteers donning our poop brown t-shirts with lime green writing on the back that said poop patrol, it changed the culture and to this day is still much better than it used to be. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's, it was a little poopy out there for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Did you make, didn't you make a song about picking up poop or something? Embarrassingly, yes. (laughs) Uh, the there name, were dancers. There were dancers. The dancers were amazing. Um, the song was definitely kitschy. Uh, it was called Scoop the Poop, and you can find it online, which 
you know, we have made an email address for our podcast. So anytime you want to send us, you know, questions or whatever, we'll also post, um, we'll have a Facebook page and we can post pictures and videos and things like that of some of the things we talk about here um, on that page. So you can check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Did you used to do rescue or something? Was that really hard? Yeah. So um, for many years, uh, my husband and I decided that we were going to foster. It was reluctant because we adopted from a, um, a group that rehomed little dogs. And we became a foster mom after we adopted our Maltese, who we used to call the mighty Finn McCool. And for those of you that know the story of Finn McCool, he was a tiny giant. And Finn was a tiny giant. (laughs) And it's a great story you should listen to. Uh, So over the years, we've had about 40 fosters, and um, we have loved it, but... Sometimes it's hard, and oh sometimes we have failed. I was, well, foster failure, that would be me. That's why I can't do this. But isn't it hard to, like, give a dog over to a new family? You know what? For the most part, it was, it was great when there was a great family. Um, but when there was a, you know, there was kind of a, not a terrible family, but, you know, the dog didn't really want to leave me, that's when I had the hardest time. I remember I had a dog for nine months, and when she went to the home, she she escaped the home and jumped into my car. And I just cried the whole way home. I was near the Cape, and my drive was a good hour, and I cried and cried and cried the whole way home. But she lived an amazing life with uh, the family that she got, so... You know, it was just, it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. That so cool. Yeah. So we also, you know, over the years have made great friends. Um, we just had one of our former fosters stay with us, uh, Sadie, and um, her sister, Ruby, who's a new uh, Maltese that the family just got. And they just stayed with us for a week. And it was so good because my dogs absolutely love them. Which was so good. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did you just snort? <laughs> oh uh, uh, yes. Um, you you'll find out that I'm a snorter. My grandmother used to tell me, Kelly, this is so funny. When I was growing up, she'd say, "Oh, Kim, you're never going to meet a man," and I'd say to her, "Oh." Because of the snort. But listen, people, I've attracted a bunch of different mongrels in my day. So, you know, uh, and I have a husband. I have three dogs that are attracted to me. So, uh, Nan, you were wrong. Sorry. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, uh, just to get back... um, my career uh, has involved around, you know, taking care of little old people over the years. I did that for 20 years, which I absolutely loved. Um, I do help out a woman who uh, is in her 80s currently and her dog. Of course, there has to be a dog involved. 
And I work at a local emergency vet, which I absolutely adore. Uh, I can't believe I've almost been there for nine years. Um, it's very close to my house. It's actually behind my home, <laughs> which is super close. I wish I could. Ha- I told our medical director I'd like to have a zip line <laughs> that goes from my house to the ER so I could get there immediately if needed. And by the way, people, I'm not, you know, a, I'm not a veterinarian and I'm not a technician. So I'm part of the support staff. So it's not like they really need me to be there like in a in a boom get here now well Uh, except you probably do keep order in the place I would imagine well you know I'm one of the older (laughs) folks there so you know they they might look up to me I don't know (laughs) well you and your chai tea that keeps you going right oh my gosh there are times at the ER where it gets absolutely crazy and um I get a text from my dear friend Kelly who is an angel in my eyes and she'll send me a text she'll say hey do you need a chai and I'll be like oh my god do I ever need a chai right now I have gone to the bathroom in like five hours but I really need a chai so please bring it now thank you Oh my gosh. <laughs> Food does seem to be involved in our various adventures. Oh my. But Kim, you have another job. I mean, she you do have like a bunch of jobs, but you're the local animal inspector. What mm-hmm. does a local animal inspector do? So <laughs> when people ask me what an animal inspector does, it's really funny because like as soon as they say, oh, you're an animal inspector, what do you do? I have this visual in my head and it's between Ace Ventura, pet detective, right? Um, an inspector gadget. Oh, yeah. Am I am I dating myself, Kelly? Yes, you are. Okay. I know. I know you know what I mean, but some of our listeners may wonder who are these people. So, for those of you that don't know, in like 1983, Inspector Gadget was this cartoon that came out that I watched growing up. I think I was in third grade. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I remember it being on. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. And then Ace Ventura is like the 1990s um, with uh, Jim Carrey, Carrey, who is so funny. So I kind of think of myself in between, you know, those two. But really, to be serious, uh, my job is really neither of these. But wait, sometimes I'm a bumbling idiot like both of them. (laughs) Um, And my message is never... uh, self-destruct like oh, in yeah. inspector gadget That's that'd be sure. that'd be kind of cool though if it did like as soon as i read it it would just poof yeah well except some of those messages that you bring <laughs> are super important super important that is for sure um but so a municipal animal inspector's primary duty uh has recently become rabies control in the domestic animal population uh, we can go further into this because it's kind of what I would call a dry subject. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't run around with a rabies vaccination trying to, you know, make sure all the animals in town are vaccinated. Are but... you sure? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I did talk to our Department of Health hero, our uh, director up there in the town that we live in. And he's open to having a rabies clinic this summer to, for an affordable vaccination um, and a very important vaccination for all these new dogs that everybody's gotten during the pandemic. 
Oh, that's so awesome. That That's such a great idea because we often find, especially in the cat population, you know, when I go to quarantine a cat that's never been quarantined, I mean, never been rabies vaccinated before I have to quarantine it. And the owners will say, well, it's an indoor cat, but your indoor cat can still get out. Well, thank God for the indoor cats, because I know that growing up, I lived on the edge of the woods and this time of year, especially, the mice would come in the house, and yeah. our cats were very well fed. Oh yes, those, <laughs> sorry, those wonderful did. cats. I know this is all about. It was a little bit of a farm environment over there, right? And I know this is a podcast about dogs and rough situations, but our cat, you know, our cats help us out. Well, you know, even in the dog park group that we have in town, we always say that we are a non-discriminatory place and we will post for missing cats or Mm -hmm. lost cats or people looking for kittens and things like that. Right. We welcome everybody. Right. And uh, I just want to mention that Kelly is, you know, an angel in my eyes, of course, but also a hero because of all the things that she, you know, does, especially I know she had mentioned the missing dog situation, which, you know, is a very, uh, I would say, uh, tough situation for an owner to go through when they have a dog that's missing. And very often, I know that you have found that it's a brand new dog to them. Oh, the the one that we did last summer, um, the one that I had, the people literally had the dog for 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. It was, yeah. And you know, they're really amazing and it's great um, information. It is a great organization. I had heard about them for years, Missing Dogs Massachusetts, before I got involved. And um, just really grateful that I did. And when a dog goes missing, you know, of course, you're frantic. And everybody wants to help. And so, you know, your whole, like, family and friends and neighbors and everybody's first inclination is to go out and stomp through the woods and what have you. And our job as volunteers, it, you know, we don't charge for the services. We try to be kind of the um, the calm in your storm. And so we'll give you a call and we'll give you a list of about three or four things that you could do first. And we always say, please call the police first. And whether you find a dog or lose a dog, your police dispatchers um, in your area should be the first phone call you make. Because if I found a dog, as is most of the people I know, the first thing they do is call the police and say, I found this dog or I saw this dog that was running down the street. Um, those are both really important phone calls. Missing Dogs Massachusetts has an incredible reach on social media. Um, they're get, we're getting better at Instagram, but definitely Facebook. I think altogether they have about 80,000 followers. Wow. So when we make a flyer, and we'll make a flyer, we'll email it to the folks that lost the dog, but we also circulate it in, in local groups and what have you. And try and not get the whole people, you know, the whole community out looking for the dog, but to try and get the people that lost the dog um, some help hanging flyers so that, you know, when Mr. Higgins takes his trash out um, on Tuesday morning and he sees Mr. Smith and says, hey, did you guys get a big brown dog? There was a big brown dog sleeping in my in my backyard last night. You know, Mr. Smith can say, no, but on my way home from work last night, I saw a flyer. So then they, you know, they'll drive back over to where the flyer was, make a phone call, and they reach the owners and say, I think we saw your dog in our yard, in our neighborhood last night. Um, the biggest one we just... We just captured a dog. We do use traps. They're, they won't harm the animal, but we trapped a dog last week. Five years. Mm-hmm. Five years this wow. dog was on the run. It got loose. It was a recent rescue, very timid dog. Got um, got loose from Framingham, Massachusetts, um, being dropped. It was like recently dropped off to the person who was going to board the dog for the folks that own the dog. 
and it got loose. And then this neighborhood um, about 10 miles away, they kept seeing the dog off and on over the years. And everyone thought it was just a dog that got let out by its owner for, you know, late night walks and what have you. And then it started showing up. And of course, now ring cameras are a big deal. Everyone has cameras on their Mm -hmm. property, no matter where you live. So people started seeing signs of this dog, as well as the folks at the local dump. Um, And everyone thought the same thing. Um, The Needham uh, police uh, animal control officer got a phone call, like for the second time he had been there for three years about this dog. And he um, and the volunteers who were working the case from five years ago all got involved right on it, built this big trap. Um, You can see the video on missingdogsmassachusetts.com or on Facebook. And the dog went back to the foster family and knew who she was almost instantly. It was really remarkable. Wow. And the funniest part is she's fat. She was so <laughs> well fed. She's fat. She didn't have anything really. You know, she had some ticks, but that was about it. Yeah. So, well, yeah. we'll definitely have to delve in further to um, the topic of uh, Missing Dogs Massachusetts because oh, sure. it is such an amazing resource. And I know in other states they have, you know, groups that do what, the folks at Missing Dogs Massachusetts, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is all volunteers. Oh yeah, 100% volunteers. Um, a lot of times when folks are, you know, have recovered their dog, and sometimes it's a happy. A lot of times it's a happy ending. Sometimes it's not a happy ending. But either way, out of their gratitude, they make a donation. It's a definite. It's a nonprofit, and that money is used to buy new, you know, traps and cameras. So that we and we have them kind of stationed across the state. There's about 120 volunteers, um, so no matter where you are, um, I know I've covered cases when we didn't have a volunteer in places like the Cape and the Islands or Tewkesbury, North Shore area, but sometimes people just need, um, you know, a voice on the phone to kind of keep things in order, and it was fashioned and founded after the Granite State dog recovery up in New Hampshire, so basically what happened was they got overrun with Massachusetts cases, and they said, can you guys start one on your own? Yeah, that's good. And we cover Rhode Island as well, so mm-hmm. a little bit. I know that they have a group down there, but sometimes the stuff that's on the border, we do. We all work together because everyone's mm-hmm. in it for the same reason. That's awesome. So, Kelly, do you have dogs yourself? I do. I do. I, um, I have two standard poodles. I have, a, I have three kids and one of my kids is very allergic. So, um, we borrowed a standard poodle about 12 years ago and we loved him up for quite a time to make sure my son wasn't going to react because I had had corgis when he was younger and he definitely was allergic. Um, but I have, uh, Riley and Sophie, my two standard poodles, they're red, they're from New Hampshire and, uh, I, we love them to pieces. They literally are like humans in little red fur suits. So they're the greatest dogs. I love oh, your dogs. Thank you. Why I got you? I got to have a sleepover with Kelly's dogs one time. <laughs> That's a story for another day. That's a story for another day. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I have uh two I have how many dogs do I have? Three. You have three. I can't keep track of how many dogs I have because I have so many. No. I had four dogs, um, but our Sweet dog Jackson, who was 14 years old, passed away over the summer. Um, he was a diabetic that was rehomed to us, um, and he was such a love. We loved him so much, and he loved our dog so much. He was such a great part of our family. We have Wally, who is 13 years old and uh, is is in kind of, I would say, rough shape. Um <laughs> He has kidney disease and uh, now thyroid 
you know, he's getting up there in age, so the poor guy. Um, but he's doing great. He still wants to chase uh, the squirrel that comes to our bird feeder. Kelly has bird feeders as well, so she yeah. understands. And we have squirrels. Too. And we have squirrels, <laughs> birds, squirrels, whatever. There might be other things I don't know oh, about. Oh, rabbits and chipmunks. Rabbits and chipmunks. At the bottom of the feeder, yep. yeah. And Wally is uh, what I would call, he was, he's very friendly with the bunny rabbits, especially the baby bunnies when they come out in the spring. And he doesn't mean to, but he gives them cardiac arrest. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, poor, poor guy. <laughs> and we have Nora who is uh, almost eight years old, our Maltese, who has the worst breath in the entire face of this earth. I think that if she got close enough to your hair, it would melt off. Oh, we have that same problem with Riley. Yeah. She just had major dental surgery, and she feels much better. You know, we did notice her picking up her food with her lips, and it got kind of messy at dinner time. Got to watch for those red flags and behavior changes. I would never have known that was a behavior change until, like, the last five years of people talking about these kinds of things. Right. Because our dogs can't talk to us. They can't say, hey, hey, guess what? Uh, got some loose teeth back here. <laughs> My breath is awful because I've got, a, you know, some sort of infection back there as well. Ugh. Help out. Um, we also have a York, a Yorkshire Terrier. I like to say that, not just a Yorkie. And her name is Neve. Um, but she is a Yorkie. She's like, totally she's a Yorkie. She's a perky personality. She's a perky dog. She loves to roll around in bird poop in the yard, and she comes in dirty all the time. And um, she's just a bundle of love. She doesn't have a mean bone in her body. Sometimes, you know, people will say those cute little Yorkies could, could really bite you, right? <laughs> but... Uh, you know, Neve doesn't have a mean bone in her body. I've never seen her growl. I've never seen her snarl. She's just, she's a love. So so we have three dogs. Uh, I have a lovely stepson and uh, a husband. And um, that, you know, kind of rolls around in the, in the uh, whatever. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> your poor husband uh, rolling around in what? Rolling around in the bird poop outside. No, My no, husband no. does not do that. No. No, 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 thank no, goodness. No. <laughs> so, uh, what else do we what else do we got here, Kelly, on the agenda? Um, I don't know. Like, well, I just you know, I'm rolling around in my head all that we talked about with missing dogs. Masters. We're doing a lot of rolling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I do want to say this though: um, if you have a recent rescue or even a new puppy. Um, always keep that dog on a martingale collar. Um, if you're not sure what that is, go to your local pet boutique. They'd be happy to, to help you out. You can buy them on Amazon. But um, a harness and a martingale collar with two leashes. I Yes, two leashes. Don't hook one to the other. That's two chances to catch your dog if it slips out of your arms, whether you're trying to put it in the tub or take it from the house to the car to go to the dog park, which I don't recommend until the dog really does trust you. But having a martingale and a harness, because a lot of times we're, our harnesses, if you have a growing dog or a dog that's coming out of a street rescue situation, the harnesses don't fit quite properly. And they can, we hear that they slipped out of either a band collar or a harness quite frequently. And, um, and that would really help. So just do yourself a favor when you go wherever you go to pick up the new love of your life. Take, take both of those things with you, even buy them in a couple sizes and, um, and, and you won't have to meet me in the, you know, in the world of texting. Hey, I heard you lost your dog. I'm really sorry about that. This is how I can help. That's how, that sounds like good advice. 
Uh, Kelly, I just want to let you know at this point we have a fake sponsor message. Oh, boy. We don't have real sponsors, so we have fake sponsors. And you know what? I think even at some point, if we do have real sponsors, we should still always have fake sponsors because that's funny. That is funny. Right? So our, our fake sponsor of the day is brought to you by the local dog park. <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod. Brought to you by the local dog park, where people attend the park, look the other way, talk on the phone, and ignore their dog the whole time as their dog poops all over the park without the owner picking it up. And then poor George. We all know George. He steps in it. Oh. George, do you need a tissue? Poor George. Poor George. Well, we have a lot of things we want to talk about, about dog parks and owning dog, you know, sorry, not owning dog parks, but helping and being a community built around a dog park so that you know, when you take your dog to the dog park, it is a success. Absolutely. And we'd also like to talk about missing dogs. We'd like to talk about the veterinary office experience, especially since the way that things are now in our the world we live in. Can I just share something that I was involved in on social media this just this morning? Absolutely. A woman posted, she's like, my dog needs to see an ophthalmologist. And um, we can't get an appointment for two months. What do I do? Any recommendations? I really need an ophthalmologist. And I responded and I said, please be really patient. If anyone's gone to the vet recently, you know that you're, you're, you're being tended to curbside. They can see half the amount of patients. My own dog had to have this surgery that we were told about in January, beginning of February. And when we were given our urgent surgical date, it was the end of March. Mm -hmm. um, and these people are just stretched to the limit. I see it all the time in, in the work that we're doing. So please just be patient. And my favorite thing that we, was posted the other day in a similar conversation was by one of the vet techs that works with Kim. And she said, I, I had posted, like, please be on your best behavior. And she commented back and says, no, no, please, please bring your best self mm -hmm. and and be kind because be we're kind. all, you know, they want to treat all the animals. They're not in it for the money. They're in it because they love these animals. And it's they're just as frustrated as you are that you can't go inside or that you can't wait in the waiting room. So just um, bring your best self when you go there. Absolutely. And we can do a whole episode oh, a whole on that. And we have a lot of material that we can cover, especially in the world that Kelly and I live in, that really and truly revolves around dogs and um, the dogs that we love. But we also know that it can be rough, rough, rough. Out there. Rough out there. Right? <laughs> we are going to have a second episode. And we've been chatting about that. We're hoping to have, we're going to have a guest. We hope you'll email us with questions, ideas, fake sponsors even. Maybe you want to be a guest. Um, be fun to get maybe a, an animal control officer on, maybe a veterinarian, local groomer, all, the, all of those things that we deal with all the time. Right, exactly. Because it's, it's good to be informed and to know that there are these resources out there for you and for your dog. Right? For sure. For Absolutely. sure. So for those of you um, that have just joined us since this is our first podcast, we do have an email address, which is it is rough, R-U-F-F, -F, out there at gmail.com. And check us out on Facebook because we're going to launch our Facebook page um, pretty soon. And 
we will add pictures and any sort of things that can help. Like Kelly was talking about a martingale collar. We can post pictures of what a martingale collar looks like on our Facebook page so that you can um, just take a peek and know what it is. And then if there's any other information that we share on our page, we can certainly do that. And uh, Well, thank you all for listening, for sure, um, even if there's only one of you out there. <laughs> We're ever so grateful for hearing us out. <laughs> I thank him for being here and also for being a, my partner in crime. Ah, it's my pleasure. I always love doing crime with you. I mean, not real crime. <laughs> crime. Fake, fake crime. Crime solving. Crime solving. Yeah, exactly. So we're trying to come up with like a tagline because I know a lot of podcasts have like a tagline at the end. Did you come up with a tagline, Kelly? No, I didn't. I didn't. But maybe maybe our listeners could help. Yeah. I mean, so I was thinking on the lines of like, we always want people to be kind. Oh, we yes. always know that it's rough out there. It is rough out it's there. It's rough out there, right? But if you come up with a tagline that we can use um, at the end of our podcast, that would be great because we know there are so many more creative people out there that might be able to help us along the way. What do you think, Kelly? Sounds great. Definitely sounds great. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you have a wonderful day. Until next time. It's Kelly. And Kim. Wait, I'm Kim. I'm Kelly. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. <laughs>